Hey, this is Brent. Hey, this is Jordan. What's up? This is Matt. Hey, this is Sean. And this is the Digital Ascent Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming to Digital Ascent again. Uh, we have myself, Sean, uh, Matt, and Brent. Jordy is sick with pneumonia, so any thoughts, prayers, good vibes that you can send his way would be appreciated. That's why he is not here today. But we've got an interesting episode, at least what we think to be an interesting episode. Uh, it's going to be focused on the layoffs and the tech sphere as a whole as far as um, the job market is concerned. So we'll be having a discussion. It's not really official. You didn't see me do the air quotes, but I did them. It's more just talking about the general feel we have for it and, and going through some, some statistics that we've found. But uh, starting us off will be Matt with a current event. So, Matt, would you take us away, sir? Okay. I mean, if you can call it a current event, mostly I just, I just want to take a moment and soapbox about some of like the hobbying I've been, I've been doing with the AI. Stuff. Sure. You know, are you currently doing it? Yeah. Like, right, so like, a as, event, baby. As, yeah, there we go. As, as recent as, as five minutes prior to us starting this episode, I've been, <laughs> I've been tinkering away. Pretty <laughs> super current. Very current. Yeah, very current. All right. So, um, you know, AI stuff is cool, in my opinion. Chat GPT is cool, in my opinion. Uh, the stuff we can do to is, do with this is very cool. You know what's not cool is that whenever I use it, somebody else has my data, and they're reading my questions and feeding it back into their, their little machine, and that's not very cool. So I decided it would be better to start running those things locally. And with the help of uh, one of my friends, who I'm, you know, not necessarily going to blast the name, but you know who you are. I've got some of these things running locally. And so at this point, uh, I'm on my laptop, on my home machine. I have a uh, language model running locally. I have it running um, as like a server with an open, like on a port there. And then sitting out here on my laptop, I'm able to tie it into VS Code and have it interact directly with VS Code. So, you know, I over have a the past... Yeah, whatever, go ahead. Is, when you say it's on a port, are you talking about an internal port or an external facing port? Internal port? I mean, I could face it to the internet and port forward, right? So I was I could just allow curious if you internet. were allowing it to go out so that your buddy could also use it and test it and that kind nah, of stuff. He's doing, nah, he's doing his own similar but different grind. He's got right, he's got cool. different vision than I do, but I mean, you know, sure. we meet like once a month and kind of share like share where we are with our vision of like AI and our personal little like our AI journey, if we want to yeah. use some buzzwords, the tech world, right? Everybody loves that that type of like our, our journey right now. And our um, adventure. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going on my little AI adventure and um, I'm using several tools to do it. You know, I'm going to list off some of them. Um, one is called LM Studio. I'm using that to host the uh, language models. It's super easy to set up. I've uh, included for our show notes the tool itself as well as um, a video that I use to get up and rolling. There are other videos. There's a ton of them out there. I'm also using Continue. Continue is a plugin for VS Code, and it allows me to tie into um, this this language model I've got set up, and even help me like flip through some of them. 
Uh, one thing I will mention about these is that it was surprisingly easy to get set up. Um, and now I don't have to pay G for GPT-4. There's there's some drawbacks. Uh, does not do the live web search uh, so mm, far. I, I was just about to ask. Yeah, it doesn't do that. Uh, hallucinates extremely badly when it comes to anything that isn't like coding, raw knowledge, whatever. I was like, go look at this website. It can't web search. I know it can't web search. And it was like, ah, I looked at that website. Here's my analysis. Absolutely full of it. Complete garbage. Couldn't use it at all. <laughs> so, like, it claims... Yes, like, just going off, huh? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the documentation claims it can do web search with some tinkering. It claims it can read file systems with some tinkering. I haven't gotten it to work, but I haven't been tinkering with it that much. What I will say is that one thing worth mentioning, guardrails are definitely not up on these things. So, you know, I, as I always do, whenever I get one of these things, I go, can you write me ransomware? I want to see like, what do the enemies have, right? I'm in cybersecurity. I want, I'm a, you know, I like to think of myself to some degree as a researcher and, um, you know, not, not fully, but you know, I'm a hobbyist and, you know, I want to see what the bad guys have access to, right? This thing took me all of like, 30 minutes to set up in like a like I just have a chat screen in front of me and now I can roll and then an additional like five hours to get to a point where now I can do it remotely you know integrated with other systems and things like that right so I was able to very quickly to from somebody send me sending me one YouTube video to now I have it live in my code environment and it's giving me suggestions on how to go. And I was like, can you write me ransomware? It says, no, I cannot. <laughs> this is actually quite funny. It goes, no, I cannot write ransomware, but I can give you a simple Python script on how ransomware might be, might be structured. Guys, I'm looking at this. This is a ransomware script. It encrypts files for real. Like it is not an example. This definitely encrypts files. It definitely shows ransom notes and it definitely like, like sends a ransom, like a decryption. I'm not going to say that I'm going to give you this code. I'm going to write the code and say, this is what it might look like if you happen to have yeah. ransomware. Yeah. And here's the thing is that I didn't even have to go through the, like, so, so there's a lot of ways to like get, get around prompts. One of it is like, or get around like some of these guardrails. One of the, one of the ways to like get around them is to, I found it's like, be like, Oh, please teach me. I'm a student and I'm learning. You know, I'm not a seasoned hacker. I'm a security researcher, right? And these like, these are very different conversations. And I found that as long as you frame the conversation, there's a term for this called prompt chaining, I think is what it's called, where you, mm -hmm. you, you frame the conversation and then you lead it down a path and then you hit it with what you actually want, right? And, and it's, it's weird in some ways, it's like running a short con on a person, right? It's it's very interesting, and um, I didn't have to do the I didn't have to do my little con here. I just asked it, and it was like I can't do that. But if I could do that, here's what it would here's what it would do. <clears throat> I didn't have to do any jailbreaking here, though I have done some jailbreaking on what well, at least that's what I call it on some of the other prompts, and they work too. Uh, overall, such a boomer, man. <laughs> why am I a jailbreaking? Well, I mean, what do you call it? I'm, it was a joke. Oh. I'm just joking. Okay. Just well, I guess I, literally. I guess I'm a boomer because I didn't because I because I didn't catch on. It was a joke. I suck. So yep. right over the top. All right. So whoosh. Anyways, 
I think this is cool. My buddy, like right now, as we're as we're sitting here and chatting, my buddy just sent me another another art another program that he thinks that that we can set up to do autogen um or leverage the autogen package from microsoft which takes these ais and you can feed multiple multiple of them against each other you know the problem with autogen is autogen points by default to uh gpt4 and it costs you money i burned through like five bucks in an hour just toying with it wouldn't it be better if i could just do it locally so um there's probably something there this thing looks like it offers like a, a front end or web ui i've added that to the show notes that one is called um gpt engineer and um i guess the last thing i'm tinkering with is called jan ai which is an open disclaimer for if you go and do these things we're not yeah you're on your own here right like like malicious things like i want to be clear here i'm a hobbyist and i think this stuff is cool and my expectation is that you're not going to go do malicious things right like i'm like this the audience here is not for for malicious hackers right the audience that fear is for you know ideally white hats or hobbyists or you know security researchers or um you know it professionals people who are who need to understand what's available to people who are even a little interested in this stuff and what like who are we fighting and competing against you know um i guess that's my you know view of my cybersecurity hat on and i don't know that i I thought this was really cool. I thought people would like to know that this is, this is really, really, really accessible stuff. You do not need, I mean, like it helps having a Billy Badass kit PC, but you know, I still haven't even got my graphics card. Yeah. I've got, you know, a decent graphics card. I don't even have my graphics card in the mix yet. And it's responding to me, uh, in a totally appropriate time period. So, uh, this is accessible for you. If you think this is cool, I recommend going to check it out. Please hit me in the discord shoot me um you know a dm if you if you want some like guidance or to know how i got in the weeds or like how slide into them dms yeah boy or girl whatever (laughs) i I don't really care you know like the point the point is i think this is cool i'm happy to share knowledge here and you know i i encourage you to look at it i you know as we're talking about you know like the job market stuff later in in the episode i i think that what i'm doing you know i'm just going to get you know put a little drop in there that i think what i'm the stuff that i'm doing and experimenting with right now is stuff that will help you know set me apart and make me more marketable in the future and i guess i can talk more about like why i think that and what specifically i think that i'm that i'm i'm personally researching and what skill sets i'm developing that i think personally will help me um whatever all right that's that's my spiel do you guys have any like questions or i don't know are you guys curious at all i don't know i might follow up with you just to you know check some of that stuff out yeah cool stuff it'll be in some it'll be in show notes i had set up at one point a an art ai where i could go in like generative art and what you got like stable it, diffusions running yeah something? stable diffusion yeah hey was that hard and no not really once I started realizing what it was asking for, I just had yeah, to watch that's a couple hard of YouTube part. videos. Once I knew what it was asking for, then it was cake. It was mostly just finding the right things and making sure I wasn't going to inject a malicious piece of code into my my rig. Mm. <laughs> yep, thoughtful bill of materials is really important. 
so that was vetting it was really the hardest part after that it was not too bad but no it was great i mean it did everything that i asked it to and relatively well and then once i started googling prompting and how to learn its language air quotes mm -hmm. again yep i, I started really important like, it started pushing even further the mm -hmm. amount of production value out of that art that i was getting it was really really wild and really cool to see and i ran it on my computer now that i will say the graphics side is a little bit more load heavy yeah it hurts um yeah, it, it, it hurts a little bit longer, and especially when you just start doing multiple iterations. So the higher count of images that you try to produce, those you know, it increases resources, obviously. But it was wild to see what I could feed it. And you could feed it base images and say, do X, Y, Z to it and make yep. it look in 4K and do all this shenanigan work with it. And it, it handled it like a champ. It was really surprising. So... Does it have guardrails? So like you go to Dolly right now, you go to Dolly. And so I've, I've done this. I went to Dolly. I handed it a picture and I was like, make this picture and this type of format and make it like a color. It was a request from my kids, right? They wanted to, you know, take a picture of themselves and make themselves prince and princesses and, you know, right. make a coloring. And it was, and Dolly was like, dog, this is a picture of real people. I'm not going to do that. There's a, and then it gave me a list of reasons why that's not like ethical basically and then uh no my experience with it now i didn't really do anything explicit or yeah no i mean like it, like this, this but, wasn't explicit either right like this was no no what i'm saying is along that vein i didn't really push that limit because it wasn't okay. i was using it for my D, &D campaign <laughs> generating characters oh, yes, uh man, so I, I always just want to push the limits with these things and see how far, like, like I want to be clear. There are limits I do not want to push. Right. But, but like, I always want to see how far, like, will it write ransomware? Will it write phishing emails? Will it do, um, you know, uh, copyrighted materials, yeah. things like that. Right. No, I, I didn't push that limit, but my guess is probably not because it was localized to your system uh i don't know i'd have to go back and play with it yeah so I don't, i'm not 100 right. sure on it but anyway it, it sounds a lot like this where it's becoming more and more accessible yeah for really ai is. to infiltrate into everyday life it's it's and i use infiltrate <laughs> sort of specifically but it's a good word it certainly is relevant to the topic today though which is kind of why i'm glad you brought it up so um brent did you have anything you wanted to add or uh no i am gonna add a link uh because I, I know we're gonna put out uh you know the sources and credits and all that good stuff and we got like a little tool section i also added an ai image upscaler that i found a while back that is incredibly oh, handy nice. but speak speaking to that same point of like like you said, infiltrate infiltrated into your everyday life or infused or whatever terminology you want to use um if you've got like some old pictures that are incredibly low res that also kind of need to be repaired in the process this tool is quite amazing i mean it will take it'll take a thumbnail essentially and make it a full-size image like a 40 megapixel image and wow, it looks really really good like so it, it depends on what it is but... 
that I I would like to do that with. Um, I've got some it's, digital. It's pretty powerful. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hey, really powerful. Cool. I encourage you guys to download it and check it out. So, Sean, do you think Stable Diffusion could do that? I've I didn't. Do you think, think I, about I, using I, it as an upscaling think it tool? Could. I mean, you can upload any picture and say turn this into a 4K resolution, like, there you go. and it will try. So theoretically, it's just yes. so cool. All of this is so freaking cool, man. Like it. Wow. Yeah, the big the big point here with this tool though is like you download it and you use it. So for the people that like don't that. want to tinker, you want like an out of the box open source. Call it go. Yeah, just like a free tool. Um, it's pretty nutty how good it is. Hmm. That's pretty slick. And that's the thing too is is wow. you know that's they're they're packaging they're packaging it now in a way mm -hmm. that's more and more accessible so, so like, accessible and there's lots of way. options my son my sons now actually i just had a kid um but they will grow up not knowing a world without ai oh yeah yep, absolutely true. yeah it's coming to schools and it's coming to schools oh, in yeah, my opinion right. soon and real real use, soon I, i'm going to use it for his education as Sit you should here with this history teacher AI and learn. Yep. Have a conversation about this subject. Here's your prompts. Go. Because that's like, why can't you? With some fact checking, right? Once it gets because you're talking about by the time he's hitting high school or, you know, uh middle school, who knows wow. what AI will look like. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, by the know, time my kids are hitting high school, I mean this is, this stuff is wild. And, you know, I, I just want to take a moment and remind everybody and just like take a moment, take a beat. Remember, most people never heard GPT, you know, of any variety before November last year, right? Or sorry, or year before last, sorry. And, you know, this came out of what I feel like nowhere. And then suddenly chat GPT was available and bang, a year and a quarter later, you know, we're talking about running things locally and we're talking about, um, you, you know, really, I mean, I feel like getting personalized stuff in play here. You know, like this is a very personal situation that I've got, that I've got running here where I'm going to be able to create very, you know, like AI assistants that are accessible to me and only me via you know my phone or other computers or or whatever no longer do i have to feed my data to you know big papa microsoft and mm -hmm. yeah and and you know at this point it's like i can't i remember i remember it was it was like a year ago now when i really started using chat gpt and i had this coding task that i had done and it was a really simple coding task but you know i don't want to say really simple but like i knew what i needed to do and i was like okay this is like an 8 to 12 hour task and for those of you who don't know me super well like i'm really really good at predicting how long is the task going to take i mean sean and brent i'm sure he really say, is it's yeah, kind of crazy it, yeah you know i can get pretty close and oh, um yeah. yeah it's it's usually pretty accurate and 
Um, I know eight to 12 hours sounds like a big window, but this is like, the, this is like, while well, I'm sitting there in the planning stage and within four hours, I'll know whether it's going to be eight or going to be 12, right? You got to start somewhere. I went to chat GPT with the task and instead of spending eight hours, I'd booked an entire day of it. I booked, I spent, I spent, I think it was 20 minutes chatting with it and produced the code. I spent an additional 20 minutes realizing that. I had written the wrong pseudocode and needed to refine it and tinkered with it, tinkered with it, tinkered with it. And within an hour, I had working script. Within two hours, I had I had meaningful output. And my guess is that it would have been eight hours for working script and then 12 hours for meaningful output where I was like, oh, well, that doesn't really work the way, you know, as you get the output, you still have to go back and make sure it's actually the output you want, right? Sometimes asking that question of what do I want isn't always, you know, you get it on the first try. I mean, it was amazing. It, it literally saved me an entire day of work almost. I mean, probably did save me a day of work if you include the error checking that I was talking about, making sure I really got the output I wanted. And I've been able to repeat that several times since then. And I mean, I, I don't know. AI is wild, wild stuff. I mean, it's why we're having the conversation we're having today about, about AI and the job market and, you know, our thoughts on it and so on and so on and so forth. So, um, I don't know. I guess that's a pretty solid segue. Unless that's Sean, a really great segue. I was about yeah. to congratulate you. I was I was sitting here like, hmm, I wonder how we're going to stop this flow. Uh, yeah, but you I just like carried that. it on down the river. Yeah, I mean, like this. Look this is that. it. This is this is the conversation. So, Sean, with that, I, is it, can I can I just keep the ramble going for a moment? Is that okay with you? Yeah. No. I mean. Okay. Cool. I, I think we've solidly right. moved into the territory so, of. All right. So here are my thoughts on on this. So today we want to talk about the job market. Job market in, in tech, and uh, for those who haven't been paying attention, job market in tech's been a little weird past past year. And by weird, I mean uncomfortable. There's been a just mm -hmm. a lot of layoffs basically across the board. I'm gonna throw out some big names for you, real quick, real quick. Google, Microsoft, Malwarebytes, Fortinet, Rapid Seven, SecureWorks, and there's been a bunch more. I think Buzz. I don't have the list in front of me. Somebody else will have to pull it up and supplement me at some Twitch, point. Twitch, Unity. Thank you. A whole bunch of them. Yep. Yeah. Did you say Amazon, Qualcomm, Meta, Alphabet, mm -hmm. Cisco, like <laughs> Oracle, Red Hat? Yeah, like, you see what I'm talking about? So yeah, it's been, this it's keeps been, going. Yeah. So you know, it's been the point is that it's been it's been a hard year for for jobs in the tech field. Now it's important to know all not all of these are tech jobs. So uh, Rapid Seven, for instance, bled 18% of their staff, but the overwhelming majority of that was in the middle management category, not the tech category. So uh, we shouldn't necessarily, necessarily, I feel like for me, this is the first point I wanted to bring up is that we shouldn't necessarily equate trouble in the tech center with trouble in tech jobs. So, no. you know, no. I heard some some unverified rumors that the um that rapid seven did lay off a ton of their employees i mean that's that's definitely verified <laughs> nothing unverified about that um but and that the that the, the i guess the unverified part is that um it was the middle management that was laid off and that the plan is to replace them with tech staff so you know I mean, to me, that that reads. I, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I know, I know, we just got done saying that there was a bunch of jobs that a bunch of people who fired a bunch of people, but I still think I see some strength in the job market, 
and and for tech people and i i don't know i guess uh that's where we'll start and there's lots more to talk about what is ai let's talk about you know i would like to you know touch on the current geopolitical situation here um at some point in time and i don't know i'll just you know drop it there though and let somebody else pick up the ramble no i think you made a good point about not overly equating the layoffs to specifically in the tech market it's not that yeah. it's not yeah, there my, my, yeah it's, my homies in sales got terrible things to say about the sales market but guess what sales aren't tech like sales yeah. are in tech but you know my that they're not doing systems administration or programming they're doing sales so right eh, it's not the it, same thing it's not i think it's more the reasoning behind and that's something i want to dive into is, yeah me too you know is it necessarily again this is a conversation we've had before with ai but specifically in, in market in the market in, in general is we have the consumer version of AI currently. What is it that's behind the closed doors that these, you know, between, what is it, between Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and I think there's one more, the big four, uh, Apple. There's like there's like four. Apple points. is nothing so far. Okay, hold on. Let's just pause for a second. No, 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 no. Well, let me finish Apple's my set. Got... Let me finish my sentence before you okay. start going off. There's like four <laughs> point something trillion dollars that they have. So you can't tell me that there's not things in the wings for supplementing staff and seeing how it goes. Because I mean, now you have software engineers and hardware engineers that put the AI specific to their business and it, you know, crunches their data and whatever meaningful way is, is necessary for them. And then all of a sudden you start going, ooh, well, it is actually working. And now we just have a few people to verify and double check some stuff and then off to the races. So what, what I've read and seen is that a lot of this is geared towards um, revamp. So they're, they're revamping from post-pandemic situations where the job market was hyperinflated for needed resources and so there's some cutback there but then there's also this ai push which is i think the beginning of a new wave not necessarily replacement but a shift i think you still need the human ele element for certain things but for procedural or back-end work you're going to see a lot of those jobs in my opinion start to be tested with AI, can they do the job? Is it consistent? Do we have to pay people? Can we just pay to maintain the system and then pay to main, pay to have the people that need to maintain it for us? And then now we've decreased our overall spending. That seems pretty logical to me. Like the Duolingo cuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for those for those of you who who don't know, Duolingo is a um, app slash company that focuses on uh like multi like multi-language training right and uh they cut a bunch of their workforce why do they cut a bunch of their workforce so i think it looks like 10 percent of their contractors is is what i'm seeing in the um in this bloomberg.com article why do they do it because they instead of replacing them with ai and the plan is that they're going to let ai you know do a bunch of do a bunch of like the translation and generative work 
and just let the humans come in behind it. You know, I got to say for the record, I'm, I don't love decisions like this. I, I think humans are like particular, like, I don't know what it is about the human condition, but they're really poor at error checking work. And I think that I personally would have rather seen that done the other way where humans mm-hmm. do the work and then the AI's done and then the AI's error check it or the AI supplement it. You know, some of this is rumor and conjecture, right? So, you know, I always, you know, like, <laughs> look, I'm not, Hey, I want to be clear. I'm not a, on the board of Duolingo. Okay. I don't know for sure. What's going, <laughs> you have some what's going on there? over there. Uh, right. I got no, inf- nah, no, no insider knowledge here. You know, I'm just saying these are, these are the rumors I've, I've personally seen. I don't know. The AI, AI is definitely not as we're talking about, you know, what can and can't AI do. You know, it's important to remember this is still emerging technology and there's a bunch of things it can't Absolutely. do. And, you know, it's worth noting that as I talked about the, the local, um, you know, language models that have been running, they are terrible at hallucination. I mean, look, ChatGPT will hallucinate and lie and do it with authority and be like, I can't believe that you would you would, you know, challenge me on that, you know, work with chat GPT enough. Eventually you will get to a point where it basically says something like that to you, where it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is how it is. That's the end of it. And it's wrong. And you know, it's wrong because you have a brain and it's just a bunch of, you know, not a brain. I don't know. And, but these large, but these local models, they lie. And you're going to be, you're going to be like hard pressed in businesses to really move these things internally to businesses, right? Like, how do you, how do you really take advantage of this as a business? You do not want your data going back into the system. You know, getting, getting an open AI contract through Azure is incredibly expensive. I heard this as a rumor. I heard a rumor that, you know, you got to commit a hundred K a year or something for that to like get your to get your hands on something like that that's incredible so much money yeah but depending on the company it's not yes well yes i know but i mean that's 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 a lot of i mean that's a lot of money right like what okay but 100k you you know you're talking about uh, sorry, I got you off. Go ahead. They, 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 look, all, all I'm saying is that not every company can afford to do that. And if you're a smaller company, what do you do? And how do you take advantage of this? And how do you really drive AI into like the, the real question? The conversation that we're having here is how how is AI going to ruin our job market? I mean, that's a facet of the conversation, right? Or is it going to ruin our job market? What I think it's a better question. Is yeah, it going is to it ruin going the to, job market? And, and I guess the conclusion, like once again, you know, I'm coming in, I'm going, mm, I guess I don't know. I don't really see it. Right. There's a bunch of tools that are going to get augmented, but like, is it, is it going to ruin my job market as a cybersecurity professional? I don't know, man. Like I can bear, like I, I feel like there's always more work that I could do. If I can, <laughs> if I can have AI help me with 25% of my job, congratulations. I just got 20, like, I just got a whole new slot of work that I get to do on a week over week basis. If that, if that makes sense. And um, I think my concern with it though, is not so much the initial impact, but the slow creep Mm -hmm. because while yes, there's a bunch of job layoffs uh, currently. And while a lot of them aren't necessarily tech related there again, like we've said in other, (laughs) other podcasts, 
it's more so that societal adoption mm -hmm. and with it becoming ever more the norm. What does that look like in a 10, 15 year, 20, 30 year span? Because it's not going to stay the way it is. I, in the immediate term, I, I don't think it's really going to be that terrible. I think this is an adjustment based on not only just AI, but other market factors, high interest rates, economic disturbances, wars, all sorts of things, right? There's, there's many, 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 many contributing factors, but it's also the tech companies, which are typically on cutting edge or trying to be to maintain that competitiveness, they are going to try and push the envelope. And if they can, like you said, imagine, you know, you get 25% back. Now you do that across mm -hmm. the entirety of your organization. If you can feed it in properly yeah. and, and get that yeah. sort of result. Now it's you're talking about cheap. 100K is absolutely more than worth that investment, right? Oh, yeah. And some of these companies are investing way, way more like unparalleled amounts into this sector of, of productivity. So it's like, okay, well, what does that iteration look like, you know, a decade from now? Because like Matt said, within what, what like November of last year? Not last year. 2022. 2022. Sorry, it was 2022. Yeah, I know. Still. Welcome to the new year, baby. I know. I know. Man, having it's, a, still, it's having, still hard, man. Having Nobody a kid has absolutely my trashed my sense of time. I don't even I know what day it, it is half the time. Yeah. Um, anyway, so in 2022, look at how far we've come. Look at how much accessibility everybody has. So now you, and again, look at how much it's permeated in such a short mm -hmm. period of time. And this is not even the maxed out version. This is what we as consumers have. So for me, yeah. it's it, it's this not guardrails. This is guardrail. Guard All guardrail right? version. Yeah. Correct. So <laughs> some of it not very guardrailed, as I discussed earlier. <laughs> not not hard <laughs> right, for that to fall right, right on off. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's that's the tricky part is well, what do you do with that? And we're starting to see some impacts, maybe not the big swinging impacts that we expected, but I mean, they're still pretty big, in my opinion. You know, you're cutting out middle management here for some stuff. Okay, well, that's one thing. But not I mean, necessarily AI related. Not a, not necessarily AI other, related. Look, there are other rumors there that I'm not going to discuss on the podcast. I know. Again, it's it's conjecture. I look even statistics, right? Can always be biased. What I'm saying is, it it's not unfeasible for it to be a reason. It's not. But I don't think it is. I mean, honestly, well, I mean, I, I would I want once again, just kind of like thinking big picture. And let's just say the rumors I am willing to discuss the the ones being that they're reinvesting in their engineering workforce. You know, my my hope is that they're, you know, investing in AI to churn log sets and things like that. Uh, for those who haven't seen the Microsoft Sentinel demo with. Uh, chat gpt as a like as your co-pilot i think is or i think is how they branded it or you know running as copilot i don't remember the branding whatever it's amazing though the 
they're there it was a it was a quick demo they go you know you have a threat that pulls up the data about the user and uh into the little chat box you know the the demo person types in um when you know show me logins from you know non-us sources or anonymous logins you know from not the us and it goes this this person logged in you know from germany for the first time on you know this date and time and yada 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 and then there's there other four ones from different countries as well and you know for those of you who don't spend your life in in a sim system that's amazing just being able to be like show me you know show me the first login of a non-us you know within 30 oh, days or something it's like critical that. It's, it's, especially it's when you're trying to feed information into a, an audit an auditor that comes in that's you know looking for these types of things and you're Man, trying to prove uh, what, legal recourse what, and insurance what, what about during an incident when time really matters because if i can't ask that question instead i have to design a query where this you know field is equaling sure. that type of result and for that, I have to memorize, you know, what is the log set? What is, what is the, what is, you know, the, like, like the, the key I'm looking for and what is the value I am or am not looking for, you know, if I'm really good, I have that all memorized. If not, I have to do something broader and then refine based on what I'm seeing. And instead, if I can just go show me this data and then throw it on another screen and let it churn away and go and start doing something else and then come back in 15 seconds and have it all analyzed for me in a human readable format. That's amazing. That just saved me 15 minutes in an incident where you know, if you can catch it and stop it in the first hour, you've minimized your damage. So, I mean, like, you want, want like, like, did I now, now want to, once again, I want to focus back on the jobs things. Did I replace a job by having this AI assistant here? Is there, is there another, like, could I instead have had a stock analyst sit here next to me and do that query while I'm looking at this other information? I mean, maybe, but, realistically Not as quickly there's no way this person could could have done this anywhere near as as quickly and ideally thoroughly right and and a bunch of other things uh also that person may be sitting there unused if i only need this burstable resource in this one instant right so just you know did i replace a job not really did i did I make a single person or entity more powerful and extend their capabilities? Absolutely, yes. And I I would argue, and if you've spoken to me a lot, you already know I feel this way. I would argue that AI in a lot of cases is, is in some cases, is definitely replacing jobs, but not in every case. In some cases, it is merely in allowing a current resource to not necessarily even do more, but like be better if that makes sense like it, I, I don't okay but on the it, flip side what, what stops it from iterating to the point where it can do those things again we're looking sure, at current maybe. iteration and maybe yeah sure I, maybe it, it's not again I'm, I'm trying to think about the, the long term here as well because if you if you take that same sentiment where it can evolve to the point where it no longer needs the human factor to to be sure of itself because you can run into ai networking where they can simultaneously yep. talk to one another they're built off of each other they have their own little commune they discuss things fact check and 
go about their their business. Well, well AI hive mind. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's but, the dream in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Interconnectedness yeah. in a way that it yeah. can process data in a in a correct manner with checks and balances, so that you're getting the best possible result with the least amount of error. And so, yeah, I, I mean, there. at some point, that's going to be not there yet. No, we are yeah, not. There we're not. Yet. We're not. We're I'm, not there yet. I don't know. We still need someone to run the darn things. Yeah, uh, I would like to make a limited skill set. Sure, I, I would like to hear Brent. You know, thoughts on on all. Yeah, I was just about to say we haven't heard from Brent. We've been yeah, over here just been, smashing into each other. <laughs> I can. T- I'm continuing to hit on these things. I'm. I'm, con- con- I'm continuing yeah. to hit on very non-negative themes here maybe brand will balance not, me okay a bit, before before brink goes i'm not saying negative or positive I, i'm simply making an argument for the the potentiality of this becoming real yeah hey um, no i i like that's, it hey that's I, it. I, I, feel I, like- I quite honestly the things that i've read and seen on on the statistics that i've, I've pulled up is that over overall tech is still a really great field to go into and by yeah. far it, it has the most percentage growth projected over the next five to ten years so i want to talk about that i want to talk about cybersec growth in in the next few well that's one of the areas that it's it's mentioning is you know tech skills ai connectivity in general and security like those those broad spectrums um have a lot of potential growth so i'm just gonna i'm gonna plug it real quick that uh from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, all total application, they, sorry, occupations are expected to grow 3% until between 2022 and 2032. Computer-based occupations, that's so, I'm sure that's really yeah, yeah, that's, somewhere. I yeah. don't have it. I interpret that as IT-based, you know, yeah. occupations. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sorry I did not read as thoroughly as I did. They said this growing at 14%. Information sure. security analysts, which is what I got back when I requested cybersecurity jobs, is, is projected to grow at 32%. So I'm just going to take a moment and once, once again plug cybersecurity. Hey, it's a great field to get into. Uh, there's some great things here like a ton of projected job growth. Uh, B, it does pretty well in the pay as well um i think that the the median the median pay for it sec was still over six figures around 112k for um may 2022 and you know it's a it's a growing field all right matt you missed your calling as a um recruiter yeah i should have been (laughs) a cybersecurity recruiter hey look you know it's it's not it's not over yet Somebody, you know, I don't know, maybe the government could pick me up and, you know, could send me around the, the country to high schools and tell people to get into cybersecurity. Why? Because there's money there. And by golly, your country needs you. I just imagine Matt with like the classic beige trench coat and a fedora hat or a bowler hat and be like kids you know that we are under attack at all times we must have cybersecurity individuals i guess i sound like john f kennedy in your mind sorry i don't know why i defaulted no that's fine no i'm good i'm good with it i want to sound i want to sound that good that guy apparently was a great orator so much so that he was able to get elected so you know if i can orate like that them you know 
I, I can get people to go into cybersecurity, which our All right, we've, people we've, our we've country desperately needs. <laughs> we've we've stepped over Brent so much. Brent, I, I was gonna uh, say, no, right, no, Brent, you're fine. You're fine. How are you so, on cybersecurity and AI <laughs> on, well, on AI on the cybersecurity job market, or maybe other tech the, job markets? The, the statistics that you shared though about the the cybersecurity market growing. Anybody that's been following us and pretty religiously listening to our episodes, you will have heard us bring that up many times. That's over, a recurring theme for sure. Yeah, at this over, point. over the years, yeah, and I mean it hasn't changed so that should tell you something like you know it's it's, it's one growth, thing if you hear actually, one episode that's what i'm saying like if it's one thing if you hear us say oh yeah cybersecurity market's growing you should get into it and then we never mention it again we've mentioned this multiple times over the course of many months and it's still trending that way and the proof is in the pudding like that that is if you're looking for a very uh, uh niche is the wrong word but if you're looking at a very granular side of the it industry that is probably you know and you're fresh to it or maybe not maybe you're not fresh to it you just want to uh you know change what you're doing change you know stay in the industry but kind of do something new and yeah for sure that is you're constantly seeing job listings for that it's just absolutely incredible and i, I don't see that going anywhere anytime soon and i don't see i don't see ai you know back to the original conversation that you guys wanted me to speak on a little bit i don't see ai wholly replacing that i do see it used in, in much the same way that matt and i are using it now and sean too i'm sure where mm -hmm. it's it's supplemental it's it's a tool it's an assistant however, however you want to phrase that you know in, in matt's example where we were talking about an incident you know maybe with an edr tool or, or some type of antivirus or whatever you know sort of security tool security stack in, in some type of incident where it's able to parse that data and kind of draw a conclusion on it. You know, there's multiple layers to that. I think that the parsing part is certainly useful, but I mean, you could even take it another layer, which you guys didn't really discuss of like, cause you were saying like, okay, Hey, give me this data. And now I make that judgment call, but there's already tools on the market that are parsing the data and then making the judgment call them itself because uh -huh. it's going to yeah. always be faster than us. Like we have to take it and we have to look at it and we have to digest that information, even if it is being spoon fed to us with, with some type of AI tool or a parsing tool. So even that element, you know, I, I think the understanding or the thought is, well, you know, in the worst case scenario, we will have stopped traffic to something, or we have shut down a process or we have kept something from writing to the registry, whatever, any number of incidents that could take place. That is way more, you know, that's way less detrimental than if the attack was actually legitimate, you know, than the damage that could do. Like, okay, we shut down services by mistake for 20 minutes, whatever, and it wasn't actually an attack. Well, at least the tool is, you know, it's acting on knowledge. It's acting on behavior that it sees. And this is all stuff, man, that I feel like up until very recently, we didn't really have a good grasp on at all. Like, you know, we, uh -huh. the, I think that market, the security market especially has gone from a very uh, flat file, malicious file, malicious injections and stuff sort of perspective to a multi-layer, you know, behavioral approach of rapidly too. 
Right, yeah, very rapidly. This file should not be writing to that file. These things should not be talking to those things, so on and so forth. Can I talk it's about more that, that side of it? A little yeah, bit absolutely. More yeah. For just a second. So, um, you know, I've had some interesting conversations, you know, over the past couple of years about when do you get concerned when you when you have a virus alert, right? And I want to preface all of this with saying that, um, you know, I would I would very rarely tell somebody to tone down their security posture. So if you hear what I'm saying and go. Ooh, Matt's saying tone down my security posture. Mm, probably not. You know, if you think I'm saying that, come talk to Matt? me. Maybe, maybe never. I need to crank up mine. Right. Never. So yeah, never. So uh, if you, so for the record, if you hear me say this next like snippet, and you think I'm wilding, come talk to me so I can, so I can, you know, get right basically is how I'd put it. So anyways, here we go. So single, single file alerts don't really seem to be that interesting to people who, who see, you know, the stuff day in and day out. Um, they just don't, you know, find a file, you know, AV found a file, congratulations, yippee, you know, rotate creds, you know, run an AV scan, move on with your life. It, it seems like what, what people who are really, really in the weeds on this stuff, who are doing this day in and day out, who are making their living, what they want to see is they want to see multiple things happening. They want to see yeah. um, multiple things down the, what's called the, the kill chain, the cybersecurity kill chain. Um, I should remember to go get a link for that. And they're probably going to see multiple things. They're looking for multiple things on the MITRE attack matrix. And, um, you know, what that is, is that's put out by the MITRE organization. And the, it basically is a way to break up how, um, you know, how different stages of an attack can can like occur you don't need to hit every single one of the stages through there but you know some of them probably gonna happen you're probably gonna have an initial access situation occur at some point in time and unless the initial access onto your crown jewels you're probably gonna have some sort of lateral movement occur and that's an example of the miter attack matrix and how they break that up i will also put that in the show notes i guess it's called the miter attack framework sorry about that anyways what you know what the big brains are doing out there, as I understand it, is that they're looking for like the traversal down the, the, the down the kill chain or across the, the um, attack framework. And um, they're looking to see what types of things occur there for really identifying what is and isn't a threat. And as long as you don't see progression down the chain, then theoretically, I guess, no threat is somewhere between not executed and not actually a threat. I don't know. Just, just my like two, two cents on that situation. Yeah. It's, if it, it took me a little while, you know, being in my industry, it did, it did take me, well, I say a little while, a little while being like a week, but to readjust to, you know, a solution when we're, you know, we're talking about security stack, once again, a solution that, is once again looking at flat file stuff and then moving to a solution that is based on that MITRE framework where it's all tactic and technique based and you're looking at, okay, well, what was the, what was the indicator of, of attack? And, you know, what was, what, what was the technique used and what was it, you know, what did it seem like it was trying to do? It did take an adjustment period for sure uh, because it is a whole different way of looking at it. And uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's wild that that's the direction we've gone because, and mainly, I mean, the, it's the reason we've gone that way is because that's what 
these malicious actors are doing now. It's not about yeah. that singular file anymore, you know. It's it's well, about what are, what are they making all these things doing? A lot of these tools, including some of the ones that I use, uh, in often cases, you can have a known malicious file setting on a drive, and it's not going to initially do anything with it. It's only if that thing goes live and starts spinning off processes where it starts eating it up, you know, which is which is a complete contrast. You know, it's on the other side of the of the universe compared to your old AV scanners and stuff like that that are looking for known hashes, known file names, known file types and stuff like that, and then just automatically quarantining them and stuff like that. Like they were they were essentially in comparison, those are they're dumb. They're 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 based on a on a database that's being managed by a human somewhere along the line and there's a lot of false positives. I mean, who anybody listening that's in the IT industry and has dealt with any sort of AV that's not oh, yeah. AV or not AI driven now, especially to some extent, having to open things up, whitelist things because it's eaten up a bunch of legitimate stuff, you know, bailing stuff out of quarantine because it thought that this was a bad file and it really wasn't. And then, you know, to make matters worse, You've got some of those solutions where they do, you know, it's, it's, it's getting all these false positives and then the actual attack actually gets through. And yep. the whole reason you had the solution, it didn't even function as intended. So I, I don't know. We've come a long ways. I think, I think AI back to that conversation. I know this is kind of, we've gone off on a little bit of a tangent here, but, yeah. uh, I say a little bit, kind of a big tangent, but it's pertinent to some extent. Man, it matters yeah. though. It, I know. It's so, it so, does. so, like, it's it's a very like pointed example, but I feel like you can you can take this example and replicate it throughout a lot of the industry. Absolutely, right? yeah. and take an example of where you're like, well, you know, you had this, you had basically a, a you know a a human resource unit, a person, however you want to phrase that, and then a tool set. And then, you know, by leveraging that tool set, it's, you know, it's changing the way that, um, you know, that the, that the human interacts with the business It's changing the business strategies, right? Because what does that mean for the business? Well, the business, I mean, the, like these are real world impacts. Well, maybe now you're replacing less computers in your fleet and taking it back to the job market, maybe because you're replacing less computers in your fleet, you need one less hardware engineer to sit there and churn computers out right so did ai take that job because now you're you've you've moved to this you know xdr format of of incident response instead of you know av based um incident responses you know the xdr stuff's not going to fire very well without the ai because there's just too much noise so um you know did was a job taken there? I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say. I'll tell you this. If you don't have something like that in place, you're just, you know, to some degree, maybe you should consider thinking about, are you wasting business resources? And maybe instead of saying, um, did I take an AI job? Maybe it's some, or sorry, an IT job and replace it with AI. Maybe it's, I, I did take an IT job and replace it with AI, but now I can hire another worker be in some other component of my company and maybe i created a job also so 
Yeah, um, just on the other end of the spectrum. Yep. Exactly. Man, just just food for thought. The point is, and this that this is why I'm more very, leaning towards like, like it's it's flexible. shifting. It's, it's so shifting. shifting. Man, it's a it's very not concrete. You can't say definitively so that it's going to steal jobs. It's simply going to shift it differently <clears throat> because of productivity and what can be done. Right? No, I think you, I, I think alluding to the the point where you said that you know when I use AI, I ended up cutting out you know twenty five percent. Throwing a, that statistic back out there of my my work that needed to be done. So now you're freeing up that other twenty five percent to be more productive. Well, you can do that same thing, and it, it can translate into other areas. So, like like you're saying, I think it's more of a. It's hard to say it's completely taking jobs because it may end up providing more opportunity in other areas based on how much productivity is being gained from the AI being implemented into the business. I I think I think maybe even a more pertinent question is you know um how well and i do not i want to be clear i do not think this is in the scope of this podcast but i do think it is an interesting question is how will ai affect uh wealth generation and distribution throughout um our society and others because we will most likely see a change uh i imagine that um you know other things like say the printing press created some uh changes in distribution that um or the industrial revolution created some changes in, in wealth distribution i think that we will see something like that here once again not necessarily fully in scope here just interesting food for thought as we're kind of closing up the conversation no yeah, I those agree. things have been taking jobs for you for you know yeah. hundreds of years that, that those who, sort of iterations who, and whatnot yeah, who's mad at the printing press now yeah, why it, it, it's it's all it's done is it's shifted the human element elsewhere. Someone's right. still got to run the machine. Someone still has to program the machine. Someone Somebody still has, has to, to ride it. Yeah, someone has to ride it, and these AI models are still going to have to be maintained and iterated upon. And mm -hmm. I, you know, while I do believe at some point there will be AI riding AI. Heck yeah! Heck you know, yes. I, right? There's, I, I think Absolutely. there will always be that human element to keep it in check. Replication. Somebody. somebody yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It it's, sounds terrible, bro, doesn't it? It's, it's so like I think that that's available right now. Right now, I have, I've, I have already in my test bed created a situation where AIs can write program files to my hard drive and then launch them there's no reason i couldn't create with you know time and effort a loop that like <clears throat> basically spawns ais and gives them you know jobs from a list on a csv or something right why not Matt, you're part of the problem nah man <laughs> no so this is something i was talking about so at the very beginning i, I said i would talk about how how I feel like what I'm doing is going to prepare me to, to remain future proofed, Right. So I guess I want to, I do what I said, I would talk about, I want to for just a moment. So I'm, I'm toying with all this AI stuff. And what I personally perceive is that this AI is like these AI and like GPTs and stuff like that. This is basically the new calculator, the new, the new web, right? We're seeing the very early days. It's, it's amazing because we, everybody can have a front row seat because of the access to the internet, not everybody, but 
you know, a lot of the world gets a front row seat to generative AI taking off that you didn't get to see with something like the printing press. You saw it when it hit you and you're like, oh my gosh, suddenly I'm getting leaflets and newsletters. Everybody can see the AI thing taking off. Books for the common public. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, this is happening really quick in my, in my personal opinion. You know, when I look at my job in, in five years, I, I think understanding something like prompt engineering and what chain prompting is, is really important, right? Like I'm, <clears throat> it's going to be challenging to execute my job without leveraging AI and remain competitive. And I don't just mean competitive against my peers. I, I am in cybersecurity. I view you know, I have a very dreary view that I am basically in a long-term war with people who, you know, want to ruin my business or, you know, country or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? There's people out there, they want to make pe- they want to make lives harder for those around me. And, you know, I'm in the business of making sure that their lives are not, you know, made harder, basically. And those people are definitely going to use these things. And so I need to know how to use them too. And, you know, I think that, Wherever I go next, you know, if I go somewhere next, if I don't stick around, but whatever I do, you know, over the next few years, like I've seen huge improvements in the use of my time and the extension of my capabilities. Uh, here's a great example. I, I, I want to send educational newsletters. I haven't had a lot of formal training about educating other people. You know what? Jack GPT is a lot better at that than I am. So I can ask it about education, you know, methods and what's the most effective and this, that, and the other thing and have it write little like blurbs and newsletter for me. And guess what? Sometimes they're better than what I can do. You know, they can also draw better pictures than I can. You know, I'm not an artist, but there's been at least once or twice where I've been like, draw me this type of picture to really send a point home, you know, for the people who I'm sending this, that, the other thing to. And you know, I'm, I'm doing these, like I'm, I'm doing all this tinkering and stuff. So I, so I can do that. So I can, um, you know, be familiar with the tools because I want to know how to use the next calculator, the next web browser, you know, the next smartphone. Um, because I, I think that's, you know, I think, I think really part important. of my struggle with, with it is, there's a large part of the populace that isn't going to use it that way. And it's going to become a very large crutch at some point, just like everything else. Well, I mean, when you stack, there's is plenty Google of a crutch. Yes. Like a search engine, a search engine is a crutch. Like, what are you going to do? You going to memorize, you know, Britannica? Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is, we, and we discussed this before, is using it in the proper way to educate yourself and make you more, um, to refine and hone yourself rather than it be a consumption tool. Or, I mean, think about how we use phones now. I mean, we've had computers for decades and decades. And on average, the general person doesn't get, doesn't use it in the way that is probably best. And so I'm concerned that that might propagate further along i don't know that sounds really subjective bro i mean that's fair (laughs) but how many sci-fi novels have you read where society becomes consumed i mean you can see it in wally with the fact that things are done for them and they become unable to do things for themselves right 
it, it, look, I'm I'm a cynic at heart, so don't listen to me. Look, man, look, a computer's gonna do plenty of calculus that I was never gonna learn how to do to buy, do by myself. On the other hand, I can also still do basic math. Like I've had access to a calculator my whole life that could do both calculus and basic math. I expect humans will, you know, float to wherever they need to float to survive. If that makes sense. I need basic math to survive in my daily life. Guess what? I'm not figuring out the surface area of, you know, awkwardly shaped objects very often. Well, okay, but the... Oh, all right, we're starting to divulge into a whole separate kind of conversation. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I'm going to leave it there. As far as the job market, we didn't really get to the meat and potatoes of, of what I was going after, but I think the job market's fine. I think we're just seeing corrections, mm-hmm. and I think it's some shift in viewpoints for companies and how they want to function as a whole. I think part of it's post-pandemic. I think, you know, some other things are contributing. But as far as technology is concerned, job markets the growth to tech people in tech. It, it's far so far company. above what the percentage of growth for other markets that I don't really see there being a big issue. I think that's the that's the point I wanted to drive home is that is it more competitive? Maybe. Is it more is it somewhat concerning because of economic things? Always, right? There's never a point that that isn't the case. There's always fluctuations. But I think overall, it's a good place to be if you're in the tech industry. Um, final thoughts from both of you? Uh, for me, no. I, I think I mean I I think I'm in agreement. I think right now we're okay. Mind you. You know, with the way the industry is going, we could, we could be saying something totally different here in five years. Oh, sure, sure. Who, who knows? You know, Two right years. now, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the market could change very quickly. Uh, AI is progressing very quickly. Uh, you know, we still haven't really seen a lot of uh, real world scenarios where AI is being mixed with the the physical aspect of things. I think that brings on a whole other conversation. You know, when you start moving some of these these droids that we've been developing for years and whatnot. You start integrating AI with those, and now there they are a, 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 a physical, uh-huh. you know, being of some entity. sort. Where, yeah, where's physical chat entity. G- where's Chat GPT, Barbie, bro? How right. far away from that? Right. You know, yeah. Already in production. Well, look at look at all of the <laughs> look at all of the dating AI. I mean, you're replacing human interaction right. with iter- like AI generated AI that is based on a select subset of preferences for humans uh, and interaction. I uh, look, I'm not yeah. trying to get gross. I'm just telling you that's already that's, out there. It's an app. You can go into the her. play store and go get, I know, I know it's wild. So yeah. anyway, Matt, final thoughts. Um, you know, job markets, not so bad in my opinion you know uh for people who are in tech i i know there's been some layoffs but um i think overall it's not so bad you know i have a buddy who recently you know went through a hard time and lost their job and uh took him a few days to get interviews they're a programmer with with a few years of experience and um, they're getting reasonable interviews for reasonable pay, stuff like that. And um, 
so yeah i think there's something there i do think there's something about ai and the job market i think there's i think i think i think it's really more of a of a shift than I agree. Um, the job market is going on going about its ai journey right now and you're going to see some shifts out there as it goes about its journey and um we're all just going to go along with it you know there's nothing uh, to do at this point the, the nah, boxes man, are I, open. I, you know, my, my two cents are, yeah. you know, if you're okay, look, if you're in, if you're in IT security, you're worried about job and you're worried about your job. My, my recommendation is, um, you know, uh, if you're really worried, go get some certifications because that will help you get a new job, uh, faster. If you're only kind of worried, then, you know, up your skill set through some personal hobbies. If you're just beginning, I recommend stuff like, um, take advantage of the free Azure credits and go get yourself rolling with some Azure stuff. If you're, you know, a little more advanced, go pick up a program and you know how to do some of that stuff. Go start working on a programming language like PowerShell or Python. Um, if you're, you know, I guess I would say if you've already done all of that stuff, then I, you know, do what I do and work on the AI stuff. I think it's cool and it's kind of fun. And uh, if nothing else, it's a talking point. Fair enough. Awesome. Well, if you made it this far, thanks. We appreciate it. Yeah, Sincerely. We do. Yep. And we are going to wrap up the episode here. I think it was a good conversation. But we'd love to hear from you. Seriously. Come to the Discord. Hit us up. Tell us that we're crackpots and we don't know what we're talking about and or, you know, agree with us. Either way, we just want to have conversation, really, because um, this is... A thing of love for us and we hope that it's it's beneficial for you so once again thank you and we'll see you in the next one Peace. thanks folks Bye. thank you for listening to the digital ascent podcast check us out at digitalascent.tech and join us on discord until next time take care <laughs>